from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. One, two, three. Happy birthday, Sam Gord. Happy birthday, Sam Gord. No one's suing us today. Happy birthday, and you're technically. Maybe. I think that we gave you a birthday. We did. And I don't remember it. Happy birthday, birthday, Samuel Gord. Welcome all to our anniversary spectacular. We're on year three, so it's Sam Gord's third birthday today, and we're not trying to get sued for using the birthday song, so we made up our own beautiful version. Much like, uh, much like you know, the the songsmiths at Applebee's or oh. Chili's. So I've worked at TGI Fridays when I was in college, and I had to sing that fucking song. Let me tell you, the you not know, the worst part really was about it was you had to give people a free dessert. So like they, it wasn't bad enough working at TJ Fridays. And let me tell you that it's a hellish nightmare for sure. It, obviously, when people know they're gonna get a free dessert, everyone says it's their birthday. And, like, life just becomes worse than it already is. That's fair. That is, that's valid. I mean, now, I have I've, I've told you my dream, my, my birthday song dream. You're going to tell me it right fucking now. <laughs> I've always just wanted to just go to a, where, a restaurant by myself and, like, <laughs> and, like call a it's your birthday. Call a, no, what I want to do is, like, call ahead. And, like, tell it's my birthday and then just, like, sit here by myself at, like, a big table and, like, look sad. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Create a narrative. Tell a story. So, like, whenever I'm working, hey, everybody, we'll get to the birthday fun. But, um, as somebody always, like, I'll be at the POS, like, the little computer, and somebody will be like, hey, man, can I talk to you for a second? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, hey, man, it's my girlfriend's birthday. So, like, can you put a candle in something? And I'm like, I can put a candle in, like, a tart. That's all I can do for you. It's like, you're not going to sing? I'm not going to sing, sir. Please sit down. Like, it, it's, but I want someone alone to come in and tap me on the shoulder and be like, it's my birthday. I would fucking sit down with you. Like, real talk, I would sit down at the table with you and sing happy birthday to your face. I would clap. I mean, it would be lovely. Like, that'd be a lovely experience. Yeah. Now, and you've taken something that is, like, morbid and silly and turned it into really heartfelt Welcome to all my fantasy children. <laughs> yes, that's what I'd say. That's sort of our brand. So welcome to all my fantasy children. This is our uh, birthday spectacular. It's been three years of making this podcast. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a day over 10. Doesn't feel like a day over 10 years. That's right. And it's Samuel Gord's third birthday. Happy birthday, Sam Gord. What did you get Sam Gord this year for his birthday? I gave him like uh, a second chance, I think, last year. <laughs> This year, I got him, I admittedly, I was in a little bit of a crunch, yeah. so I did just sort of swing by... CVS? Uh, I swing by the mall. <laughs> uh, most of the stores weren't open in the mall, so I got him GNC vitamin supplements. That is real... Like, and an Annie Ann's pretzel. <laughs> Chef, that is, like, the most 
you know, when people jokingly say, like, that is deeply upsetting, that's, like, <laughs> you would get knocked out. Like, you, that would be a fight and, like, so justifiably a brawl. Oh, for sure. No, I understand. <laughs> See, but then I reveal my actual gift. Yeah. Which is, like, a thoroughly drafted series of political reforms for the series The City of Pure Guild and a blueprint for progress that really is just a series of actionable steps. Because the truth is that progress is not one big heroic gesture, it is a series of small steps that we can all take to be, like, you know, to make a better world and make a better tomorrow. Except Sam Gord's, like, 26. He would be like, the fuck, man? <laughs> That's fair, but he's, it's there, and he has it now. <laughs> um... I got Sam Gord. Um, oh, I know exactly what I got him. It's like a joke. I got him like a fun deck of cards because he likes to gamble. Oh, he loves, he loves, and he loves cheating at cards. He loves cheating at card games. And the cards, um, each Is that have... where we talked about cheating at cards? Was it in the literally episode zero? It very well may be. Jeez. Jesus. It tells you how long it's been. Oh my God, I know. But I would get him, and every card has like a, a hero of fantasy on it. Oh, that's fun. That's cute. I like that. Those will, those should exist one day. Um, but anyway, this week, we're not going to do a prompt proper. We're going to answer the questions that y'all have submitted to us to answer on air. And we're going to chat about, you know, making the show and all the stuff that you want to know. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's our AMFC birthday Q&A spectacular. I, I, I realized I was doing, like, a dance, but realized, in fact, this is a podcast. So you can't see it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> I leaned back in my chair and, like, flexed like a pro wrestler. <laughs> Nobody can see that. Um, all right. It's important that we have moments to, for us. It's true. It has to be for us. Okay, so what question do you want to start with? We got some really amazing ones this Let's year. Look through the question list. Yeah. Do we want to start with a lighter, sillier question? Or do we want to kind of get into a meatier show question? Um, whichever you're feeling. Doesn't matter to me. Let's go. Why don't we start with some questions about our about our intros? Because we're doing, we did our intro. Oh, let's, God, did we? Was that even, does that even count? Yeah, I'm down I with mean, that. I mean, but like, let's, why don't we start with the start and we'll start with some intros. And yeah. we'll say, go, we'll start with uh, Eldritch Horror. Eldritch Horror asks, uh, do we ever script our zany intros? Um. That is a big old no. <laughs> no, we super don't. Sometimes, I'll say the closest we get to it is that, like, sometimes we'll be, before we record, like, one of us will make a joke and it will, like, make its way into the intro. Yes, but it's never, like, written out or something like that. It kind of is, like, you know, if you've been listening to the show, you know how they've shifted over the course of, like, complete nonsense to like less of nonsense and then we're now we're back to nonsense and like what makes you happy but no we don't really script anything out we sometimes have used an outline when we want to do something like really tabletopy yeah. but like nah we've not, i'm not gonna write anything down which actually answers another intro question from friend of the show magical girl kira hey. uh do we keep track of our bits to avoid redoing them no uh no <laughs> no not at all um, We've redone enough bits accidentally and had it either pointed out on mic or later on in Discord that I think that answers itself. Too real. Yeah, like, you know, there's no need for that. If we repeat ourselves, like, you know, it's our, you know, our intros, they don't, they're not serious and it's okay. You know, because the meat and potatoes comes afterward. If we repeated yeah. ourselves there, then that would matter. But yeah, no, and that's like, that that we keep further firmer track on just in terms of stuff that we remember. We have the wiki. We have like 
you know, notes on things and, like, we talk about that stuff we talk about and we plan, you know, or rather we don't plan out, but, like, in between episodes we're like, okay, we talked about this, so we should probably bring this up at some point. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the actual intro bits are literally just making each other laugh. Yeah. Like, the goal for those is entirely to catch each other off guard and make us break. And for me, like, making this show, I have to say, is very hard um, the headspace that, like, I have to personally be in in order to fire ideas, like, this quick. Like, I only ever shave off total, like, 10 minutes of an episode. So, like, what you hear is what you get. Um, and it goes real fast. And so I try to get the, I try to make the, I try to keep myself as stupid and as, like, silly and fun in the intro as I can possibly be just to stay light so I don't start to stress about, like, you know, will I have ideas that come quickly enough? So it kind of like is for me, I do it to relax myself. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, cause this is, it's so hard. It's a, it's, it's a tough show. It like, it takes a lot to pull off. Like there's Ugh. a lot of times that I feel like I'm like, mm, we're 30 minutes in. Yeah. Usually we land it usually, or we at least crash the, crash the bus in an entertaining way. But well, we I don't think cra- that- well, I mean, that used to happen, honestly. We're like, we'd crash the bus, I think. But anymore, now we just say, like, okay, we're 35 minutes in and we don't have a plot yet. Like, mm-hmm. I think the, as the show's progressed, we've become more honest. We're where we're at on that day in terms of like idea in the idea bucket or the bag that we're just kind of pulling out of like throwing stuff into the room like the more honest we are with that i think has has moved into the show and like that's oh, for sure yeah and that's where like even if we are at 35 minutes we're like okay so we know we have to wrap this up in 20 minutes let's find a plot yeah you know but yeah do we keep track of your bits for plot continuity no not at all we've been in like 10 different networks mr honkers has vanished to the ether <laughs> Um, uh, he's back! Mr. Honkers! Hey! Oh my god! It's been <laughs> like <laughs> 50 episodes more! I think he was back for the last anniversary episode. <laughs> oh, we're getting uh. greeted from. It's like the recap show where it's like all the old characters come back. There's Mr. Honkers. Oh, the Spiral Ham yeah. and the Smoke Shack. Oh, man. Oh, what a great surprise. This Here's the thing. This is very, uh, yeah, this is very like, um, po- like last, ep- last season, last episode, or, yeah. or sort of, you know, um, what is it like recap show where yep. like guest character you know or like I'm I'm picturing very like Christmas special where characters walk in and hey oh and you're like big, oh like, yeah where it's oh, like man. oh man that character like oh uh, what's his name Skylar Morrison you'd be like oh man we're never gonna talk about <laughs> you again <laughs> some characters we're gonna revisit a whole lot and some characters we're gonna go I think we're done I think we're I think done we're there done here. <laughs> All right. So I have one. Um, This one is from Deer in our Discord. Uh, What has surprised you in the last year that you did not think would have as much impact as it could have? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. It surprised me. What what is surprised? Hmm. Like about the show, right? Yeah. Um, hmm. Oh, I, I think for me, it's the character of Speaker. People really fucking love Speaker's story. That's a good one. Speaker one and two. Let me pull up. This is actually a really good thing to have. Uh, hold on. Let me pull up the uh, episode list. Oh, truth. Let me get that up. So okay. this year goes from, for reference point, well, from now from now forward, 
we have a very nice cap off because you kind of you were you, you took we took the summer off last yeah, summer. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, from Hank from Hank and Hawk Morwind on. I'm gonna change my answer then. Because if that's the case, I, I think if that's the case, uh the character that like surprised me the most that had like an impact on the show for me was the Bounding Hound episode. Mm. Yep. Um that all my spooky children was like you and I were like, hey, let's reimagine like an entire character class and make up like this huge, amazing world building detail about constellations being like, you know, deities that you can draw power from and they're dead heroes or villains that like, you know, are ascending to the sky. That's when I was like, oh shit. That was like, for me, it was very, very, very tabletop. Like, it felt like you and I were making a source book on the fly, like mm-hmm. one page of a source book. And it got me, like, fired up to be like, oh, wow, we did, like, you know, we've always been doing that. But that one, for me, solidified the fact, like, oh, wow, we can, like, make a world and mechanics, kind of, and reimagine character classes and take twists on fantasy uh like fantasy character classes, we can twist them and beat make them whatever we want based on this canon we've created. My yeah, mine is probably mine is probably. I mean, I I just said it because I I'm, I said it partially because it's just the first episode we did in the last year. But uh, honestly, like the Hank and Hawk Morwind, not oh. so much from like a, a a lore perspective. Like it's not something that we've revisited a lot. No. But, like, in terms of, you know, the kinds of stories, like, the the ambition of the stories that we've been telling in the last year, I think I think that, that episode did a lot to set the tone for, all right, let's go for it, and let's just tell, let's really, let's really aim high, as high as we can, and if we get where we want to go, great. If not, we've, we shot for the stars. Yeah, like, I, I usually think during episodes where I'll have an idea, but it's way too big to kind of, like, focus and narrow in and refine and make, like, you know, like a laser. It's usually just, like, a huge beam. And, like, the, the Veil episode was so big a fucking idea. I remember being like, you know what? We're just going big. Okay, it's an entire forest. What's it full of? Animal, like, animal and plant people? And you're like, no. They're, like, fragments of memories and life. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it was so many big ideas in one episode that it, for me, kind of put me at ease moving forward where it's like it's not something I have to be afraid of. Yeah. You know, gigantic ideas piling on to each other because, like, we'll get there. Like, you know, we yeah. eventually we eventually brought it back and you brought it back. Like, that, the moment where you say they get in their buggy and they drive back to – I remember this because it's so amazing. You drive, They drive back to Moon Crescent and they get out and they say, hey, Dad, because their memory – Hank's, their memories were as real as anyone else's in there. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you, that for me changed the game where I was like, this show is good, good. Where, like, Mm -hmm. sometimes there are things in this show that shake me to my core and make me reevaluate, like, how far we can go with these stories. And you're right, Hank and and Hawk Morwind was like, that set the bar so high. I don't think I've talked, I know I talked about this on the Discord. I don't think I've talked about this on mic. I was terrified. Really? That half of that episode. (laughs) <laughs> half of that episode i don't know if you like it like i didn't like it was terrified on mic you know because it clicked for me halfway through i was like oh hank and hawk morwind are are beings of the forest and they're not like the central figures here like it clicked for me halfway through so i spent the back half of that episode going 
I have to do this. Yeah. Saying like, I have to, like, I, it would be untrue to the story and to everything if I didn't throw this out there. Mm-hmm. But are people going to get mad? Are people going to like, <laughs> yeah. are people going to think like, oh, I can't believe you made it all a dream. Yes. Yeah. But like, it was the right. And like, that's something that I think had a big impact for me is just like, see the people's response to that of like, oh my God, I loved the twist at the end where it was kind of all a dream made me go, okay, then we're going to go, then I'm not going to worry about, like, this is the story, then I'm not going to worry about people feeling cheated or being like, why'd you, why'd you take this storytelling twist? I'm just going to say this is what the story calls for. Yes, it was a big, like, you trusted your instincts and you went with that, what you wanted. Mm -hmm. And, like, it had such a massive, amazing payoff in that episode. It's Ugh, it's just one of my favorite things that has ever happened on this show is that moment. Because I remember just being like, I have to write music for that. This is one of the, it's one of those, there's there's few moments, there's a, there's a lot of moments in the show like that. But like ones that kind of just, like even when I'm editing it back, I play it back for myself over and over. It's like usually when you go on like a really long speech and it's really pretty, like the death of Sprout Brussels um your speech as uh be sharp um the moment where you're describing the veil and it was there just a dream i'm trying to stay on this uh this season we'll call it this year um there's just so many you have a moment in fanacore as well where i'm just like oh uh, like that moment where you described hank and hawk morwind is what made me make the extra little audio bits in fanacore because we're describing their memory so i was like mm-hmm. this this it, it it gave me kind of this permission to be like we can develop these things more yeah. like you know what i mean we can add as much as we want because like you know the sky's the limit kind of thing and don't be afraid to go really big oh so it was oh, so good aaron uh laura c penrod cheerio buffet on twitter wants to know what's your favorite bagel topping Oh, God, that's bagels are in my top five favorite foods. So um, Tompkins Square Bagels in um, the East Village is the best bagel place in New York City by far. Their cream cheese selection is outrageous. Their bagels are perfect. They're crispy on the outside, soft on the inside, and they have an amazing cream cheese. So my usual go to is like um, just something kind of simple where I like I, I like pumpkin pumpernickel everything and then I get like scallion cream cheese. Mm. But if I'm getting all fancy, there's one that's um, cilantro, avocado, red onion cream cheese, and I'll put that on like a poppy seed. But uh, usually just cream cheese. And I like the I always have a dessert bagel as well, where it's like I'll get one savory, one dessert because I can't can't choose and i'll get a french toast bagel with like birthday cake ice cream and it tastes like cereal milk with marshmallows in it what about you uh i've got two okay um for dessert and savory as well if i'm going for like or sweet and savory i should say yeah if i'm going sweet it's definitely probably it's definitely either a blueberry or a chocolate chip bagel oh this is so good um with Probably strawberry, like strawberry cream cheese, the <laughs> or like a similarly like fruited cream cheese, like mm-hmm. a strawberry or a you know something like that, where it's a fruit cream cheese, a chocolate bagel or or a ba- you know something like that. Or I love 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 sun dried tomato bagels. Mm, those are good. Uh, and then I will get I don't know like a scallion or like a. And then there's then I will say one other thing. That 
uh, the the bagel place or the coffee shop around the corner does a, does a bagel that I really like. Yeah, it's uh, the Bagel de Roma from Satellite Cafe in West Philadelphia. Shout out to Satellite Cafe. They do a. It is a bagel. You can get any kind of bagel. I always just get it plain because I feel like everything else piles onto it. But it's got a sun dried tomato pesto. Oh, cream baby. cheese <laughs> and spinach, and it's just a pizza, and it's like a really fancy pizza bagel, and That's it's fantastic, amazing. It's fantastic. Hmm. Let me see. Okay, I'll ask you a serious one. Well, that's right. serious, but like a show-related one. This one's from Joel Mester. Are you considering publishing a campaign system, etc., in the world of fantasy? It's a. It's a. It's a, like a positive maybe. Yeah, that's a definite like maybe. It takes like. It takes a lot of work to make something like that. Yeah. It's something I'd love to do, but like. It would require writing a book. Yeah, that would require, like, money and time. (laughs) You know, and time equals money. So, like, that investment of time... There would have to be such a tremendous demand for it and also some kind of funding for it. Because, like, doing it... I would want to do it once and never revise it. And so it's, like, so perfect. And, like, you told me this years ago. Like, when we first started, you were like, it's kind of a complicated thing because the show and the world is ever-evolving. How do you know when you go, okay, I'm happy with what we have. Let's keep this. You know what I mean? Because, like, what if yeah. our best world development episode, like, we drop the book January 20th, then February 20th, we have, like, a game-changing character class episode. So it's yeah. kind of a hard thing where it's about demand and it's about where we'd be satisfied and happy yeah. with the product. That's what makes it a hard sell for me is I don't want to do it and then blow it everything, blow everything up because, like, once it's on paper... For me, that is different. Like, with yeah. that, then it's literally written. Then it's written down. Then mm-hmm. it is. Then there are. There's an actual text that people can actually refer to and say, "No, that's not how it is in the text." That's the challenge for me. We have a weird thing with like canonical stuff where it's like a lot of the show is open to interpretation intentionally. And, mm-hmm. like, we, we try to keep it that way, where it's like, well, I don't know, what do you think Iron Hill looks like? You know, a lot of visual things and a lot of, it's mostly visual things, are, like, left open to interpretation and the finality of, like, how things work. It's a lot of, it would take away a lot of the fun mystery that I enjoy from making our yeah. show. You know, like, I just recorded that thing about the Haunted Forest, and I feel like if I wrote out what was in actually the secret of the haunted forest. I'm like, that takes away the fun of us telling you in the show. Yeah. You know, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's an idea that's down the line, but like way down the line, tell your friends about all my fantasy children, tell a few thousand friends, and then we might think about it. <laughs> so I got a question from uh, Kalua Dev. Okay. Who asks, how do you feel about your progress on your goals for this season? Mm. God, how do you feel about that? That's an interesting question. This kind of goes for me back to the Hank and Hawk Morwind episode. I think I said this on the last question and answer episode. I kind of said I wanted to blow it up. Mm -hmm. I kind of said that, like, we had a format. We knew what we were doing. And I wanted to to blow that format out of the water and say, well, what if we just threw it all out the window? Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, if you look over everything we've done in the last year. Oh, it's so good. I think that we've done exactly that. I think we've done episodes that have no resemblance to our normal format. And I think the other thing that goes along with that that I think makes me really happy of where we've gone in the last year 
is we formalized processes around if we're going to do that. Yes, that is very correct. Because we've had some true. we've had some fun in the uh, in the early days of like, well, if we did this and we just threw it out there and it was like an extra little thing, and we still do that from time to time. But I think we have a lot more willingness to say. Uh, th- to me, to me, when we did that in the early days, like we did that a lot in the early days. I should say. Yeah, it's it's, completely it's something accurate. we still do. It's something we still do time to time. But I think we're more willing to say because I think when we did it in the early days, it was almost a sense of. Well, this is not we can't call this the show. Yes. We can't say this is what we do. Yeah. But nowadays like with the the water episode a few weeks ago. Oh, I loved that. We said we're not doing an episode this week. Yeah. We wrote these stories. We did this fiction. We're done. That's the episode. Yeah. That's it for the week. Like we'll we'll meet up again next week and part of that admittedly was necessity cuz that was a week it was tough to schedule, but like we had what but we the, it, it to me, speaks to a level of confidence that we've gained in the product that we are able to say, yeah, we're not doing a normal episode this week. We're doing something different and weird, and that's it. Yeah. And it speaks to our willingness to blow up the regular format and to, to break the rules and to say this the show is going to be what it is. Sometimes that's going to be a 20-minute audio drama. Sometimes that's going to be a series of short stories. Sometimes that's going to be a weird actual play where we play like a game that is completely unconnected to everything else we've done. And we just see where it goes. And I think that, like, doing that, but doing it within the the, the struct, like, figuring out how to make it work within our structure is, like, really, really, really good. It's true. And that was that's my goal. That was my goal for the year, and I'm really happy with where we're at with it. Yeah, mine has completely been to make... I keep trying to think of ways that it maintains a level of freshness, and, like, you never know what to expect. And that would mean that we can't. You know what I mean? We can't have um, like predetermined ideas going in, but you can have like a loose idea of like, I'm going to be really silly today. You know what I mean? Based on what you're feeling. I was like, I want this this year's audio to be like really fresh. And if you start at 76 and you start scrolling up, they are all so different. And that makes me so happy. I think this encapsulates this last couple like 30 some odd episodes 40 episodes really encompasses like what we're all about where it goes from like the pasta bowl episode where it was like a light world building episode but with demons and stuff you know um there's an audio drama boom and then it's like fern damp soil gourd manor which is like pretty serious like we kind of mess with tone and we mess with uh, format, like based on what we want. Like, okay, I want a really hardcore tabletop episode this week. Boom, the bounding hound. And then right after that, it's like Alpine switchback trailblazing, which is like, you know, we, we just talk about hiking for 40 minutes. Yes. We're like, it became what we want to do where it's, we're finally comfortable to be like, I really just want to develop landscapes sometimes because it's really deeply rewarding. And you look at like, to your point, you look at these episodes, you start at 76, it's us going, we're going to define a location, and we're going to lay this out in detail, and it's going to be heady. Then the next episode is sort of a very classic, let's play, let's build a character, we'll tell a story, we'll see where it goes. Then it's full on, like, then, we, then we're just like, let's get as silly as we can with it. Then it's an audio drama, then it's professional wrestling, then an actual play. Like, we are hitting a lot of tonally and structurally you know, the, the tone of the stories changes, but the structure of them and like what we're doing in an episode vastly changes from week to week. And I think that has made the show better. 
Yeah, and a lot of it comes from, honestly, I for me, the listeners of the show, like when we drop world-building public transportation and fantasy, and we do the road trip episode where we're like, today we're just going to like flesh out the world into like, you know, we we kind of made it a, made it a point to sometimes it's, it'll be, it'll benefit the show as a whole if we lay down actual groundwork, if we're going to say we're making a fictional world, then let's talk about some locations and then we'll put people in them later on. I yeah. think that has paid off tremendously for the yep. show. Like knowing, you know, the, for me, the road trip episode was huge because that's what fueled like what makes um one of my favorite episodes in a long time has been um selena river pass the wizard's dozen where we took 15 minutes to talk about the the shatterpoint fjords because we have given ourselves permission to be like sometimes we just have to set up the setting yep there's no rush you know take your time and then right after that is the baseless crest and like you know it's and it's making the show just get even better for us to we're learning how to better make this world and how to better like I tweeted yesterday, how to better give the listeners like really vivid and deeply personal images as yep. you listen to this show. And it's something that I am I cannot express to you how fucking proud I am of this show anymore. Like the work we're doing because of the how vivid the images are. You know, I'm big on that, where, like, you say the Shatterpoint Fjords, and, you disc- and like, you see it, and you feel it, and you... And that, to me, is, like, the most rewarding fantasy, because everybody knows what Mordor looks like in their head to them, mm-hmm. you know? And that's something that I, like, strive for, not Tolkien. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, is it my turn? It's your turn. Okay. Oh, here's one. Dog with glasses wants... It's a quick question. What is your favorite kind of dice? Oh, my favorite kind of dice. Hmm. You know, like, is it is yeah. it something with a piece of corn stuck inside? I, mean, I do love a dice. I love a <laughs> dice. with. I love it. I, I do love that. I miss it. I miss it real Ugh, bad. Rest in peace, corn dice. Rest in peace, corn dice. I like, I, I like, uh, I, I'm a fan of dice that are designed with intention. Mm. Like, they are crafted with a specific design that is not doesn't beat you over the head with it yeah 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 so it doesn't have like a symbol on a number but like like um a friend of the show magical girl kira alice gave me a, a lovely set of superman dice and it's i guess this is like the kind of dice i'm thinking of is like color blocks that evoke a thing yes yeah that like are delib they are deliberate but not ostentatious so like the dice are just kind of red yellow and blue mm. in like a supermanish proportion yeah but it doesn't like there's no big giant s on it it just is those colors and i think those are my favorite kinds of dice like the rainbow dice that i have are very clearly done in a rainbow flag but it's not it like there's like but that's like the color of it kind of tells the story and that's i i think those are my favorite yeah there's a subtlety to it it's really yeah. nice what about you? Um, mine are definitely where there's fucking images on the numbers. Like Animal D6 and I Animal have... Animal D6! Animal D6 is fucking lit. I have the food dice now, the dog D6. Like, I love stupid dice. Like, anything mm-hmm. with just, like, something, an image on it where it's like, if you roll... Like, I have one where it's, you roll a six, there's a bear. I have one where there's a wolf. Like, those kind of dice... I just, I like the simplicity and I like good color schemes. Yeah. Like if there's a good color, like my, the bare ones are like a nice coffee, like a milky coffee brown with black letters. Um, animal D6 are just white and black with each animal's a different color. And that's why I lay lines and stuff. Anyway. Um, but yeah, those are my favorites. One with stupid images on them. That, that's my favorite because, you know, when you have them and you throw them, it's always a good chuckle. Mm-hmm. 
What you got for me? Um, let's go with, do you want a serious question or do you want something a little lighter and sillier? Whatever what you, you want. Whatever you're feeling. You know, whatever you want to answer. Let's go with. <laughs> I see where your cursor is. If you could get a mixtape from any of the fantasy children, what would you choose? Uh, what music would they choose? Or who would you choose? And what music would they choose? That comes from Raffle of Trenchcoats Abe. Oh, man. That's a tough one. Is it a flirtatious gesture or is it just a gesture? I think it's up to you. You tell you tell me you tell me who gives you the mixtape, why okay. what's and like the kinds of music that are on it that tells you the kind like the the nature of the gesture. Oh, I know I know exactly who's I want. Right. I want um I want Crystal Grimm to give me like a workout playlist and it's like the cool like you know, anime intro type music, like anime intro like Japanese pop rock that she blasts while she's piloting her mech. Like, I want that playlist where it's like, here is the playlist I play when I'm fighting in my mech. Anime, you know those playlists called, like, anime yeah. openings and endings? Like, those? Yeah, I want I, that yeah, from Crystal I know those. Grimm. I know those, Aaron. Don't call me out on mic. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I want Big Jeremy to give me a, a mixtape of songs to listen to by the fire. Ooh, that would be so nice. Because, like, and this is, this is uh, you know, one of our favorite traditions of bringing in weird, weird, weird bits of our life. Mm-hmm. I want, I want the mix of Big Jeremy's songs to listen to quietly as you look over a campfire and slowly nod. Mm. Which is a treasured camping tradition in my family. <laughs> you know? We all, we all just pick, we're all like, all right, it's my turn, I'm gonna pick this. And then we look out over the fire and we nod. We that go, sounds pretty great. Mm, I gotta say, this sounds right. really nice. You know, you, know, you get, you get, cho- get some tears, you get just some quiet, like, yeah, yeah this, song's, this song's about me. I get it. And like, that's, I want that from Big Jeremy, because you know he's got some real good, oh my, Wyatt campfire nodding So He's got some really good reflective campfire music. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want more than anything. Then my follow-up question is from Princess Simmerine. So does Big Jeremy have hands or hooves? Like, that has been running through my head all day, is the question. It's hands. It's hands. <laughs> hands, and it's hands? hands on top, hooves on bottom. Hands on top, hooves on bottom. Yeah, he's satyr esque. He's a satyr esque, but he's like a you know, it's like a furry. Like you know, essentially think of a fursuit. Because like, we describe we describe him holding a mace. Oh, think about that. yeah, like everybody. I think that's a good way to put it. And he cuts hair. He cuts. <laughs> he has to have digits so and opposable thumbs. <laughs> but like, I think of beast people as like you know, when we say an anthropomorphic beast person, it's like if you were in a fursuit, like yes, I am like a fox person, but like I got hands, and like, but I have fox feet, but like I have fox hands, you know, mm-hmm. it's a fursuit. Think of fursuit. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you now. All right. Just a quick answer for you. How solid is the AMFC timeline in your heads from Killua Dev? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Is that true? I don't know what tech level they're at. Like, okay, I know the order in which stuff happens. Yeah. Roughly. I would say <laughs> in terms of lore, yeah. I can tell you a rough idea. Like, and it and it comes up in stories where I'm like, I think this is happening before X is happening before Y. Yeah, and this is me calling out Jeff on air. In terms of like time period, tech level, any of those types of like things. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. 
in terms of like I can think about like I think this has to happen during the, like the shattering of the crown. Oh and, like, yeah, that's about it. I have very big eras. Yeah, and beyond that, I'm just like I don't know whatever oh, whatever works. Then that's good. That's what we've laid down is that there are just eras of history, and there's no like this happened in the year 1999. Like no, yeah, it's like this happened in an era when you know at was it we always say like was it in pre limini purethra guild or post which is truth yeah you know like that's, that's what about the show as is. much that's about as much of a timeline as i have yeah same except too many fucking i god i'm obsessed with this fucking lore and i just have everything that we've ever said in this show locked in my brain it's great it's where it it helps it helps keep the show moving and it's like <laughs> like well you said in episode 86 jeff yeah, I am the magic xylophone. I am that. What the hell are you talking about? Moment. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's right. that's me. So I got a few questions because right. they're all kind of the same question. Great. Um, first up, the, so the question, uh, Deer asks us, uh, where do you see all my fantasy children changing in the next year? Mm. And Laura C. Penrod, Cheerio Buffet, asks, where do you see AMFC in three years? So I think the good question is, like, what do you see as the future? And then, oh, Deer also asks, what do you think the next year will bring? Mm. Uh, though I think that might be on a more personal note, so we'll leave that question. But, like, I, we've got a good number of questions about, like, what do you what do you want from uh, the, the, the year or the near future of AMFC? Yeah. Um, for me, I want AMFC to be... Uh, I want it to be in the hands of more people who I think would really, for me, like, I need this show. Um, It is my, like, creative outlet. It's been, like, my dream all my life to be able to, like, create the kind of cool stories that I like. Like, I used to think, like, uh, that moment in Final Fantasy could have been better if. And now, like, I have this ability and it's but it, it's still artistic in a way because I bounce it off you and we collaborate. So it's not just me writing my own fan fiction. It's like a collaborative building of a fictional story. So I want more people who, you know, who desperately need that level of escape and, you know, that good, good feeling that the show gives you of like wonderment where you truly get to leave the world for an hour and enter an optimistic world. I just want to get it into the hands of more people. That's just for the year, you know, and mm-hmm. in the future, I would just love for it to be like, you know, a household thing where like, you know, so my friend Neil had a son like 13 months ago and or 16 months ago. Sorry, Bryce. And um, I think about like. When when he's like fourteen, I want to show him all my fantasy children and be like, "Tell me what you think." Like, do you? I, I I don't know. I want this to kind of be like a really nice thing for people who need some positive fiction in their lives. You know, because I I mm. think it, I think it's a powerful show, and I and I really I really stand behind the work that I think it's just something that more people would really enjoy. And I just mm-hmm. want to get it to more and more people. That's what I want for the year. I think I want very. I think we're kind of on the same page for the coming year. I feel like, you know, with all the experimentation, all the stuff that we've been doing, I think I really do want to see it. I want to see it grow, and I want new people to notice it. And I want yeah. I, the reason that I the, the the specific reason that I want that is I think like I want to see I want to see what happens when we get you know new people talking about it and like reacting to it and new people 
you know, giving, you know, prompts from new people and all sorts of things. Like, I want to see, like, I think that what we're doing on the show, I think that there's a real value to it in sort of specifically the the larger tabletop community, which kind of segues into another question, if I may break the order and throw a question after this. Of course, yeah. I think that there's like I, I I think there's real value within sort of tabletop storytelling of looking at what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I want to find new opportunities to use the show to kind of push those conversations. You know, I, I like like what you said. I think if more people, you know, the more people got a hold of it, I don't know, it would make me happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To just I don't know. I don't know how to say like I want more people to listen to it. I think that's exactly I think that's a and that's a fair that itself is a fair thing to say. I think especially in like in this in this moment on this episode, I think that's a valid thing to say. Yeah, we put so much work into this. Like I I really would love more people to enjoy it because cause I know the people who do listen love it. You know, Damn, I, they, I, they 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 are here for it. Yeah, and and I yeah. and we are deeply passionate about it as well and it's like I just want to share that with more people. Another question from Deer that I think is a ve- an important one to talk about on this episode as we look back over the last year. How has joining One Shot Network changed the 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 game and the show for for both of us? I, I kind of have my answer. Okay. Um and this might be controversial for you to hear <laughs> not, not the listener but you aaron like okay. what i'm gonna say like but that's fine um but know that but i i can explain it i i can kind of explain it and justify it for me since we've been on the network the show feels and i should spend and I'm, I'm gonna put a disclaimer on this that that like they haven't given us any like feedback or told us to change anything about it you know they've been just great in that respect but having it on a network makes the show feel ever so slightly less mine, Mm. but in kind of a way that frees me up to think about, like, what if we just did this? Mm. Like, what if we really, Mm -mm. what if we really broke, what if we did this differently? What if we, you know, and frees me up to think about it more in terms of, like, okay, how do we grow the show? How do we make it, like, it makes me think of it a little more, professionally yeah yeah no absolutely. and i think that's that has been i i feel that there's a real value in that especially around all my fantasy children yeah like i i i I guess how i would describe it even more not so much as it feels less like mine but i feel more of a pressure to you know to deliver yeah and I think that put that push is good. Yeah, it makes me feel like whether we're being silly or serious, like I have to give it a hundred percent. Yes, it makes me feel like I have to be thinking about like how do we make the show better? How do we reach a larger audience? Because there are other stakeholders now, and I think that's a, I I I I was a little hesitant to join a network. I'll be honest, mm-hmm. but like I think that has been a very good feeling to add to the mix. Yeah. It, it you put it really well where it adds a level of professionalism to it where i value that a lot where it makes you i always think it's good when you're not i hate using the word like in theater be like they're they push you and i'm like no it's like people you know surrounding yourself with talented people always makes me say if we keep raising the bar you know everybody's bar will increase. You know what I mean? Like it's just being around town. Like when you're in a scene with someone and they are slaying it and you, you're out to lunch, picking your nose. You're like, Oh shit. Fucking Dave is in it. I need to go hand. Like, you know what I mean? I need to get myself to their level. That's kind of what this was like, where it's, you see such a wonderful 
thing like the one shot network being like yeah you know be a part of our team and you're like okay this is bigger than just stories about pumpkins now you know what i mean it's just bigger than jeff and i hanging out on the on the on the internet radio like what what how far can we take it to make a bigger what more can we do with the show in terms of you know, our, our, it kind of made me reevaluate, like, what is the goal of the show? And, like, Same. what are, yeah, Same. like, in the sh- for me, it became making, giving people a space to just listen to something and be like, I really enjoyed that story. And, like, you can care about the lore. You don't have to care about the lore. Did it make you feel good? Did you see the images that we gave you? Did you feel that immersion in a fantasy world? Did it tickle that like RPG bone that you might have? And if you don't have it, did it kind of get you interested? You know, like my mm-hmm. when my mom started just binging the show and she's like, oh, in the beginning, it's like really funny, really silly. But then it gets like pretty not serious, but like structured and the stories mm-hmm. get elaborate and deep. That's when I was like, oh, okay. that's when we hit it. Like that's that's I think. That's for me. I joining the network has pushed me in that direction in a really positive way. Yeah, absolutely. What do you got for me? Oh, um, just a quick one from Nocturne's Lullaby VJ. Hey, um, which AMFC child is fifteen minutes late? Starbucks cup in hand, always. Hmm. Because like we were, they were talking about like we were talking about on Discord, and it was like, oh, Conjure, haha. For me, it's like Conjure doesn't show up late to things. Conjure just like shows up when she wants. Conjure shows up when she's needed. I'm trying to think. Like I'm trying to really decide. Cause like that, there's there's an element of like yeah, I'm late and I don't really care. Yeah, and like I I don't care if you know that I I don't care. Yeah. So like I'm really trying to think. I have one. All right. Mine is Terry Gadget. Okay. Because um, Terry Gadget for me is like work, 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 genius level intelligence knows the levels of priority and like you know what I mean. So like yeah, she fucking might show up late. Like whatever, it's not that big a deal because like you know this is. This is like fucking Bulma. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Bulma don't care. Bulma's a really valuable, talented person. <laughs> Mine is Penny Mudbook. <laughs> Just because I feel like he is so thoroughly, like, I think he wouldn't think about the fact that we can see that he has a Starbucks cup. Mm-hmm. I think he does. I think he's just, you know, all right. All right. Just chill. All right, all right, all right. It's that, there's that, there's that personality where it's like, they show up late, but like when the teacher is like, oh my God, Penny, are you late again? guess i am and it's like oh, yeah and there's no like you have no power over them and then you kind of yep. have your response is like uh you have detention they're like okay and you're like oh yeah i guess that punishment doesn't work at all that's penny <laughs> that's a good one question for you i got one for yeah. you wait did you yeah. did i break the did i break the format no yeah that doesn't matter it don't matter none of this uh, matters. so dear true dear asks what are places you want to explore in fantasy with the new year What's like a locale or like a general idea in terms of like location? I am going to give slightly a cop out answer and I'm going to say we haven't spotted it yet Mm. because I've really been enjoying like new locations and like stuff like that. Me too. And like I like it. I really enjoy when it connects back into things like I'm not saying, you know, I think that we we, we very quickly kind of scaled back the edict of like. No callback references, but like I do like when we're, I do like I because I love when it connects back, but I, I do like when we're like, and here's this location and here's what's weird about it. Here's what's magical about it. We'll talk about it for a while. Get it all. Get the ground rules in place. And then we're off to the races. Yeah. Like that's that's the thing that I've been really digging. And I want a lot more of that. I like that answer. 
Mine is something you said in an, this is me being a nerd of our own show. You said in an episode that you want to explore subterranean fantasy. Okay. And it gave me this image of like, you know, you know, the Evangelion geofronts, how there's just pockets of space yep. under the surface. I was thinking of like, how many of those could there be? Are there a lot or is there just two? You know, there could be entire cities that just live underground in yeah. like a, essentially a geofront. And it's, I think that'd it's, be cool. Yeah, like and that kind of thing. And basically, like um, for me, like places I'd like to explore more. I'd like to talk more about the region of Iron Hill rather than just like the cuteness of the city. Because like a lot of places in fantasy that we've called back to, we have this. We've talked about like what they're like. Like a lot of Purithra Guild, a lot of Moon Crescent, Dragon is this floating city. Iron Hill, we talk about like businesses and it's a cute town, but like what is more about that landscape that's interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to, I kind of want to break that down eventually. Like, you know, things like what do you see when you think of Iron Hill type questions? Yeah. Uh, let's get, let's get a question from friend of the show, Taylor Labresh. Who? <laughs> At Leviathan Files on Twitter. Sup, Taylor? Never heard of him. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> four time i'm sorry the show that i'm a four-time guest on how many how many appearances do you have aaron i was on it i know yeah taylor asks what's something small about the show most people might not see that you're proud of God. do you have an answer locked and loaded no um <laughs> mine is um that i'm most proud of that people might not see is the the care that you and I take and the the pace we set when we pull ourselves back, when we're telling a sad story, that we still, you and I will do our best to make it approachable and easy to consume that doesn't bum you out mm-hmm. as a listener. And that comes from a place of like empathy for the, for, you know, the character. And it's always mm-hmm. something I've always been proud of because you and I do it like automatically at this point when like we're telling a sad story and it's like, but here's how their life is better now or like but here's why it's not as bad as it looks you know because like we like the story of sore velfast is very mm-hmm. it's very sad but it was about like you know starting again and it was about getting a new lease on life and like you're not that person you were in the past you're this now and your life still is wonderful it's kind of the positive twist that we add to things is something i don't i, I don't know if people most people notice that but it's that it's kind of the care that we give when telling sad stories. Mm-hmm. You know, even the shattering the five jewel crown, like people are like the characters we love are like killing each other and fighting each other. There's still a lot of care in how we tell that story to make it enjoyable and not like some disturbing tale of violence. It's more about what the characters are going through and, you know, the circumstances that pushed them into these situations. And it's always mm-hmm. something I've been very proud of. I think for me it is the um Honestly, it's kind of the, the, I'd say it's the intros, but more so like, cause, and there's a little thing of like, we, there's an element of, you know, comfort there The, the that I think like, I think it's a little thing that like, no, you know what it is? What is it? Especially over the last year that we're willing to say no to each other. In a way that is respectful. And I know we haven't always been that way. There have been a few conversations of like, hey, are you cool? Hey, are we cool? I know, like, I know. But like, but like that has like having those conversations meant that I think we've been in a really nice place in terms of uh, in terms of being able to be like, uh, let's go in a different direction 
And like, here's what I like about this. And here's why I'd like to go in a different direction. Yeah. Like it, it, it's come from, we've said this on this show or on another show. I can't remember, but like, we've just hit a level of comfort where it's like, I'm not in love with that idea. Like, and it's not from a place of dismissal. It's like, so what else do you have? Because I'm dying to know what it is. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a, from a place of encouragement where it's like I don't think that's the best direction, but what else do you have because I want it. It it's been true collaborative stories collaborative storytelling in that way where like it's just a it's a nice place of comfort where it's like I know you didn't hate that idea. You just I know that you're you knew what was best for the episode. Or you felt what was best and I'm willing to trust you on that. Do you want to do some rapid fire questions? Yeah, let's do some. Uh, let's do some rapid fire. Because I think we've got some silly questions that'll be real quick, and then we can maybe get into a few more like heavier, like thicker questions. But we've got some like silly ones that I think will be quick. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, dog with glasses. What's your favorite kind of gourd? Uh, Samuel. <laughs> Samuel's fair. Um, pie. I'm going to say pie. Pie. Gourd pie. Like a pumpkin just pie? Just like a pumpkin pie. Oh. Sweet potato. I guess sweet potato is not a gourd, but yeah, like a pumpkin pie. Oh, I like a good Can't squash go dish. Like a butternut squash is good. Chad Butternut mm. or Samuel? I'm going to no, you know what? I am going to say butternut is my favorite uh, gourd. Like a butternut squash, like a butternut uh, soup. Fuck butternut soup. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, it's we got to answer this one. I think we answer it every year, but Dog With Glasses also asks, if you were a beast folk, what beast would you be? I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess we can get into fursonas yeah, here. Yeah, of but- course we can. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I've never really I honestly thought, have no idea. I've asked a lot of people, and I've gotten various answers. Um, what's your favorite animal? Let's just go with that. Oh, uh, man. My favorite animal. I mean, I'm a, I'm a cat person, top to bottom. I think you I just love said a it. good chimpanzee. Okay. Okay. That's a good one, too. I'm probably an orangutan. What about you? <laughs> um, My persona is probably... Oh, I'm going to go with a crow. I really like crows and ravens. All right. Magical Gear asks, what are your favorite colors? Oh, mine's royal purple, for sure. Mine is, uh, and I'm exposing my brand a little bit by saying this, but like a light like a light sky to electric blue. It's a good one. You might see it <laughs> somewhere else you, in my brand. You might recognize it from everywhere. Yeah, it's a <laughs> color that I like. Um, Princess Semarine asks, what is one food you are slightly embarrassed to say you enjoy? Slightly embarrassed to say I enjoy, gosh, it's hard. I fucking I, honestly I fucking love Wendy's. <laughs> Did not expect that. I fucking love Wendy's. <laughs> I'm gonna say fast food hamburgers in general. Okay, that's a good one. I fucking love them. Um, Wendy's. God, I, I mean, I could go off on some fucking fast food hamburgers. Um, there's something that I'm embarrassed that I enjoy is I put. I'm one of those motherfuckers who puts way too much ketchup. I put ketchup on everything. Ranch dressing is another one. <laughs> can love it like i put ketchup on my rice and beans i put ketchup in my scrambled eggs um puerto ricans like ketchup um but anyway dog with glasses who's the tallest fantasy child i think technically it is uh trick's Trick's moment on account of he's a giant i would go with trick's moment or ether and astra technically ether and astra (laughs) as they are all right easy easy question let's see what other ones we got what what is your uh nocturne zillabi what's your order at mama cat's place oh what's your what's your pizza order oh buffalo chicken pizza for sure god i i'm i'm a slice of buffalo slice of barbecue every 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 single day that's a good combo baby right you get that spicy barbecue flavor oh god i just i eat jerk chicken with barbecue sauce on it oh baby Okay, I got one from uh, Green Thumb, Leviathan Files, Taylor Bresh. What are you doing today on the birthday and May recording day to treat yourself? 
Honestly, my day has been a little bit of a disaster. No! So I am going to finish this recording. I'm going to turn on this air conditioner. Uh, I'm going to crack a beer. I've got an almanac blackberry barrel aged sour in the fridge. Fuck. And I'm going to just enjoy the rest of my evening. That's dope. Uh, Party of One is coming out tomorrow. I'm just, I'm taking the rest of the night to relax. I love that. Um, I have taken the entire goddamn day. I've had a great day. I hung out in my apartment. Then I went to the gym. Then I was like, fuck it. I was tweeting a lot. So I was like, I'm going to go get pho. So I went and got pho. Then I got Chinese pastries. Then I got a coffee, came home, and like, here I am. I know. I'm living the dream today. Damn. I know. Um, what else you got? What else you got? Magical Kira, <laughs> how do you feel knowing you're such a consistent joy source of how do you feel knowing you're such a consistent source of joy and wonder in the world? Pretty fucking great. Yeah, I feel pretty fucking great <laughs> about that. Boom. Yeah, you're welcome, world. <laughs> <laughs> That's an honor. I'm I'm tickled every time somebody says something like that. Yeah. It means the world uh, and I love it. Anytime that I know that the show is making it's it's making the goal that we mentioned before, it makes yep. me very happy. Got one, Nocturne's Lullaby. What are your what are the favorite what are the favorite candle sets of some of your favorite fantasy kids? Oh God! Um, um, my, I mean, who is your? Do you have a favorite? I do. Who is it? Aaron, I can't. I don't. Don't make me say it. Who is it? Don't make me say is it. Is it Crossy Digwell? No. Who is it? It's not is Aaron. It? I don't. I don't want to say it out loud, Aaron. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's. But I'll tell you that it's. It's a. Uh, I'll tell you that his favorite candle scent is. <gasps> probably it's some sort of root vegetable it's probably eggplant oh god i thought you were gonna say it's memories because he's dead and it's barney bargus <laughs> no it's not Aaron. It's wizard it's wizard oh god i mean it's wizard it's fucking wizard <laughs> and it's fucking it's the smell of money like it's a wizard branded it's a wizard branded candle the smell is like so faint and it's basically laundry but he says it's yep. money um, mine, Samuel Gord, is obvious, is definitely my number one fantasy child. I love that fucking stupid character. Um, his favorite candle scent is not pumpkin. It's, um, but it is Autumn Breeze. Mm, okay. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Um, okay, I got one. From Michael D. at K-Pop and RPGs. I really enjoy your verbal hugs. What's the story behind them? Are you aware how heartwarming and inspiring they are? Uh, first, yes. Yes. They help us, too. <laughs> We've said before, I mean, we said before that they're what we need to hear every week. Yeah, they are truth. what we need to, they are what we need to hear for ourselves every week. So that's how they are as heartwarming as inspiring. And the story behind them is, uh, it was a kind of a dark period yep. for both of us. Yup. Uh, and we were literally like, hey, like we're both in really shitty moods. What if we just kind of started saying a nice thing at the end of an episode as much to each other as anything, just to kind of help make people feel a little better because every little bit helps and so it just turned into let's just do that every week and it just became and it really specifically just kind of took the shape that it took yeah truly um how do you think you've leveled up this year thank you taylor labresh um i think i've leveled up in terms of i think about this show a lot and like how it can grow and like where's a new direction we can go and like not letting go of that but kind of channeling that and into a way that makes me happy instead of stresses me out um, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk through the park today and I'm going to bring my notebook and jot down things that I, I started kind of seeing the world as fantasy 
mm-hmm. and being like, what about my daily life? If I don't have, like, if I have these fucking two hour long commutes and I have this survival job that's going to, like, you know, break my soul, how am I going to be creative in the off time so I have time to actually relax? And it was like, I'm learning how to just, like, go through my day and be like, how is this fantasy? You know, how is this, this, the feeling that you get when you walk in the woods? How, like, you know, how is that? Like, that's an RPG moment. That's a fantasy moment. How can I channel that and turn it into something constructive? And, like, that's mm-hmm. how I've leveled up is, like, thinking about the show all the time is great, but how can I turn it into something, like, positive, beneficial for me and something that accomplishes the goals of the show? Uh, I've gotten a lot better about not talking about stuff doing it. Mm. It's something that I've put a lot of energy into in terms of, like, I want this to happen. I want to do this let's 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 stop fucking around and like it's i've i've stopped i've stopped putting a lot of things on the someday shelf mm. and i've started t- taking a lot of things and saying like let's just let's figure out what it would take to do this yeah same that's so i think i have one last question i want to ask it's a quick one because i kind of want to get into like can i give you a quick hug verb- wrap up can i stuff? give you yeah. a quick verbal hug about yeah. what you just said where you're like oh, i'm trying to put it i'm not putting everything on the back shelf Something that I've learned is like, and I learned a lot from you and the fact that like, if you want to do something, it really is a matter of sitting down and being like, I'm going to do this. It may not be like, you know what I mean? Like you can, it's one of those, like you can accomplish anything, but like truly like you have a website. It's really amazing. Like you have, you had a great logo and I would be like, I need to, I want a great logo. And like, it's about sitting down. Like if you want to learn how to, you said to me once, you're like, you know, if you're, if you have a podcast, you're a podcaster. If you're a vo- if you've done voice mm-hmm. acting anyway, you're a voice actor. For me, I was like, I want to try to make a website, and I sat down and did it, and like things like that, where it's like you know you you don't have to put it on the back shelf. Just take a little chop at it because you can mm-hmm. truly fucking do anything. I don't know what I'm doing designing this business card, but I'm gonna check in with people and like try to figure it out and just kind of like I don't know. Like you said, I'm no, not putting I, I things on the back burner. It's like. Fuck, that is so real where it's like if once you start, you will see that it's not so scary. Do you remember that feeling of having a lot of homework? Or like, oh my God, I have mm-hmm. so much fuck. And then when you start it, you're like, this really wasn't that bad. I really didn't have that much homework. And it only took like an hour, but you spent the whole day stressing about how it's going to take you four. Mm-hmm. It's that feeling where it's like, if you have something you want to do, just start it. And then it becomes less scary. It's like facing a fear. Anyway. I was gonna, uh, I was gonna ask another question, but I think segueing into the the wrap up stuff is perfect because I think my verbal hug as well is, and it, and this ties perfectly into that because this is something that I took from a seminar that I took on being a pro wrestling commentator. Uh, Bryce Remsburg, the world's greatest professional wrestling referee, said, uh, "You just got to think of it as a ladder. You know, you're not going to be at the top of the ladder right when you start, but you're not going to get anywhere unless you take that first rung on the ladder." Unless you take that first step, like, you know, and it's it's thinking of it as, well, I'm not going to be here, but I can be here. Yes. Like, I can, I can you know, I'm not going to design a world-class website, but I'm going to design a website that's nicer than my Libsyn page. And, and and then you reach that next rung on the ladder, and then you, yeah. you tweak the website, and you go, okay, how can I make it better? Like, you know, and you refine yep. it. 
fuck, you're so right. That's, I, I take no credit for that, but yeah, it's, that's, that's my verbal hug, is define what your ladder is and take that next wrong step. I always think of that phrase, and it's what, like, God, I can't stress enough to you listeners and Jeff that, like, I tell myself every fucking day when I'm feeling, like, really burnt out or, like, because, like, let's be real, like, we do not have, like, the number one fucking D&D podcast in the world, you know what I mean? Or even, like, on mm-hmm. thousands of people's lips. And so, like, it's hard sometimes to get yourself feeling good. But, like, I think to myself the phrase where it's, you know, the first step out your door is the hardest one. Mm -hmm. And I try to do that in every facet of my fucking life because it can be so hard. But, like, it really is doable. I'm not trying to be like, it's doable. Accomplish your dreams. You know, drive off in a Corvette. It's like you're listening to people who are (laughs) struggling with that creative fucking creative woes. And so, like, take it from us. You can if we can do it. If we can, can make it. a podcast, fucking you can make a podcast. You know, you can do anything you want. That's exactly right. I think that's a wrap. Happy birthday, Samuel Happy fucking birthday. Gord. Thanks, everybody, for... thank. Uh, one, I have to say thank you to all the people who've been listening to this weird little podcast that could, that has developed from, you know, fucking theme to theme, from structure to structure. If you've stayed with us, if you've ingested our backlog, if you've been listening from the beginning, or if you just jump around... I, Thank you. Oh, my God. It, means, it really means a lot from us to, as creatives Ugh. to have people enjoy the thing. It's true. So and thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's It means everything. And I hope that the I hope that this year we give you even more stuff because it is for you. All of this is just as much for us, like, to, you know, release this creative thing. It is a, not a gift, but, like, it's something we share with you that I, I hope you enjoy and I hope you have as much fun as we do making it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with that out of the way with that out of the way uh, if you'd like to submit a prompt for next week oh, yeah. or a future episode you can tweet at us at amfc underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children you can post them to our facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children you can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com you can post them to our discord at bit.ly slash amfc discord or you can go to all my fantasy children.com yeah while we're there check around to do see all the cool stuff we uh we get up to on our website like we have a band camp and stuff or all the music that gets played you can fucking download it it's lit make it a ringtone um jeff has a second podcast that you need to be listening to Party of One is an actual play focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend. We play a two-player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears. We have a really good time. New episodes drop every week at partyofonepodcast.com. All My Fantasy Children is proud to be part of the OneShot Podcast Network. If you liked All My Fantasy Children, check out Arms of the Tide. Arms of the Tide is an actual play about fighting for what's right in an original, magitechnological world on the brink of catastrophe using the mutants in the night system. Join Quinn, Joe, Chanel, and John and revel in the laughs and gasp at the drama while the only things standing against the apocalypse are a robot with a fondness for stray cats, a wolf made of living plants with a bad case of depression, and a private eye who's so done with all of this it's a good show i wrote the fucking intro music for it and it sounds baller so go listen that and then stay for the whole episode because the show's real good and uh i think i think the verbal hug that i will give you is the same one i gave you last year and the year before that which is very simply aaron here's to another kick-ass year yeah here's to another year of fantasy fun and on that note until next time good night and good game, game.